And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic, creating choreography. And we want to specifically talk about creating choreography going from like the audition to you know the first day of rehearsal that pre-production time and so recently I've been booked doing a lot of pre-production work for upcoming musicals or submission for musicals for choreographers and things like that and it's always it's always so funny to do production work pre-pro work because you don't know if the people that you're setting the dance on are going to be in the musical later or sometimes you're creating new music like, uh, last week I worked on uh, a submission for a musical that's already in existence called Aida, but then I'm working on a new, this coming week I'm working on a new musical that I've seen several incarnations of, but I don't know, eh, we'll find out. I don't know if, like, I don't, I don't know what tracks we'll be using because I don't know what music is in existence like or if the tracks that I get are going to be piano scores or if they're mm-hmm. going to be the accompanying the singing or if they're going to be new arrangements like I like I said I worked on an off-broadway musical not too long ago where we didn't like one version didn't have any drums and another version didn't have any saxophones so you never know musically what you're going to get and what you're going to choreograph to and let alone on the dancers that you have and it always creates such a just a magical little world that yeah. you're not prepared for. And I think it's so interesting you get um, projects that aren't necessarily in existence yet according to the public. Oh yeah. So like you were saying, <laughs> yeah. you were saying you're doing some pre some pre production um, on a show, but the show has had other lives before, mm-hmm. and so it's like why you know then you have this idea of. Okay, so even if the show had choreography before, right? It's like, well, if you're doing pre-pro, and by pre-pro we mean like you're you're starting to work on making up the choreography, setting it on some like sample dancers, mm-hmm. some people yep. that will, you know, some, we'll go into the logistics of that in a minute, but like people will get called in to just be bodies basically. Um, yeah. and what have you, you know, is it a situation where like you're taking some of the old stuff, seeing what worked, what didn't, are you creating something that's, that's brand new? And then if you have some cast members that are returning, is it like, oh, but we did this last time? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot, um, it's a lot of, it's nooks always and very crannies. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of nooks and crannies that you need. Um, so let's first start with like, what is logistically, what is pre-production mm-hmm. or pre-pros has often termed. Um, and it's exactly kind of like what Danielle said is that bodies are put brought into the room that honestly may not even fit the cast, but they're just bodies are brought into the room and you set choreography on them or you test out ideas. Um, I know in particular, I get called in a lot of time for pre-pro because I work with children a lot. So I know what it's like to time crunch and have to get a lot done in a very short amount of time with very, very unfocused dancers. 
Um, so a lot of my friends do love pulling me for pre-pro because like, I just like, yeah, I'm like time crunch. We're not on time schedule, you know? So like, I'm good about that. So that's why I typically get pulled into them. But also like, I also do a lot of partner work and lifts. And so you need a good partner to, you need, sometimes you need to test out partner work or Mm -hmm. like I've done sometimes where it's just like, it's a female choreographer and they need a male dancer to be like, yeah, that's stupid. Or like, that's going to blow out their back or, you know, vice versa where it's a male choreographer, they need a female partner, you know, or it's like two men or two women. Like, so it's just you pre-production is where you try your best and you'll find out later why to solve as many problems as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Pre-pro typically happens a lot of the times on like mega musicals. So like I've done it for, um, Oh, what's that big shot? Joseph and the Technical Dream Coach, where they're like, we had, they had like a cast of like 55 kids. And it, I say kids, but they're like college, high school and college kids. But like, you have 55 kids on stage. We were basically, we basically sat and like mapped out. We had like, I think our pre pro, we had 15 dancers and two dancers would represent an entire group of people. Right. So we would literally have them stand in the room and be like, hold up numbers being like, I'm 25 people moving in this direction. Right. And so we would literally have them walk out the patterns that me and the, um, my assistant created to just see like who was going to collide or is like, and at one point we even had them like hold out brooms to be like, our group is this big. We're not going to be, that group's not going to be able to pass by each other or are we crossing in between each other? We solved a lot of that. So when it came time for us to set choreography, we already knew the collisions, the past that if someone didn't listen, like we had that all worked out. Um, And so it just made a much smoother rehearsal process because I was able to get into our room and be like, these things are terrible. Yeah. We can't do that. Or these things will work. These things won't work. Um, so I think that's what pre-production is to try to test out and correct any mistakes or kind of catch problems that can arise. Yeah. Because, you know, when you are working on a smaller show or really the majority of work you'll do, it'll just be you in your apartment or in your house or a or a studio, if you're lucky enough, you know, working stuff out, mapping it Mm -hmm. out, choreographing in your head, if you're lucky enough to have an assistant or have a friend do it with you. But, you know... Pre-pro makes a lot of sense for these, like you were saying, these bigger shows because you also, you know, by the time the actors get in the room, if it's a brand new Broadway musical, you get, um, you get a maximum of eight weeks, including tech. It's usually six and it's usually four weeks of rehearsal and then two weeks of of tech, of like moving in tech is what it usually is. So six weeks for a brand new show. Mm -hmm. So when you have that cast coming in, you have to teach them the music, you have to teach them the dances, you have to go through the scenes, put it all together, and it's a big production, you know, movies and TV do this as well. You don't have the time to try out choreography or play around. Now, sometimes you get a situation where, like, it does happen, you know, where you're like, ooh, this is interesting. Like, let's, um, yes. you know, that you weren't what I was expecting or something like that. But it's never longer than, like, 15 no. minutes, though. <laughs> like, no. but it, you don't, you don't, you have, don't have the time to figure that stuff out. You don't have time to play around. And so you want to go in and you also want to look like the professional. You want to walk oh, yeah. in and be like, I have everything prepped and planned and ready to go. And, it's if you are in the position to have even a couple people come oh, in yeah. the space to map it out for you, even if you are two people pretending to be 25, it makes the world of a difference. And to try, oh, 
because what you think choreography looks like in your head does not always work for everybody. So to actually have different bodies in the room to try it on just is able to put you in a rehearsal process where it's literally just about setting it and rehearsing. So when I'm choreographing musicals, I typically have time to like do pre-production or like map it out. And that's because I know that like a lot of times I'm doing musicals, I have production meetings, so I have to answer to lighting, sound, and all these mm-hmm. other departments, even if I am playing director and choreographer. But, like, when I'm doing, like, concert dance or, like, dancer studios, I don't always take the time like I should. Or, especially when I get really busy, it's hard to find the time to take the time to map out things in my head, to, like, map things out. So I choreograph with the people in my head, and a really good friend of mine that's also another dance teacher and choreographer, she says, like, the people in your head have the best bodies, the best extensions, the best turns. Like, the people in your yeah. head are amazing. The people you're setting choreography you on, yeah. that may not be them. Yeah. And so without having the the people there or having, having put it on bodies, you just don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I've even had that situation where when I'm teaching and I'm getting ready to do my shows, mm-hmm. At work, at school, I know my kids. I know my classes. Mm-hmm. I know like which you know which classes at what level and all yes. these things. But when I'm choreographing for them in my head or in my bedroom, mm-hmm. and I'm like a, in a smaller space, and I'm like, yeah, they can totally do this. Like I know what they're capable of. But then when I actually put it on their physical bodies, and we're in the bigger space, and yeah. we actually have the music playing, and it's faster than what I thought, and all these other things come into play. Even when I know them, I'm like, mm, maybe that doesn't work and you have to change yes. stuff. Or or just, again, something that I thought would work on them doesn't work once you actually set it on them. It looks terrible yeah. on them. Yeah. So you have to, yes, you do have to adjust on the fly. And so like pre-production isn't the end of the world, but like there's just certain stuff. Testing it out and getting it out of your head onto bodies makes a difference. It just is also helpful too be, with, if you have the chance to do pre-po. Or if you're in a situation where even if it's not like a technical pre-pro, if you have friends or people or students that you can call on and have a studio and be your bodies because you are able to see if the stuff in your head that you think will work because you know them, it might not look the same or look how you like it. So instead of you having to fix it on the fly or be like, oh, let's change it next class or next rehearsal and you're wasting time, you're able to go, oh, that's not how I actually wanted it to look. And then when you get the whole class, the whole cast, you can set what you want to set. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about something that me and Danielle were talking about off air that happens all the time with pre-pro work is that you have your audition, you pick your people, you Mm -hmm. give it to your directors and your producers, and then you go off to do whatever, and then you get there to the first day of rehearsal, or if you're lucky, I've had twice, I've gotten lucky where my producers called me. No, my director mm-hmm. called me and go, hey, they sent out, we got contracts back, two of the people you wanted, we didn't get. Mm-hmm. And I'm a performer myself. Contract negotiations break down all the time. So it happens. Right. It's no, it sure. may or may not be anyone's fault. But, or, you know, sometimes people pass it up because their lifelong gig came up or, you know, children and life, it happens. But... I've all, like I said, twice I've gotten a heads up, but generally speaking, you walk into that first day of rehearsal or you arrive on site or campus or wherever and they go, this is your cast. You're mm-hmm. like, wait, where, what happened to the gorgeous lady and with the long legs that was my dance captain? you're busy. Right, right. <laughs> that and was my dance captain in my busy. head. You've sat and I've gone through this, this situation before. You, um, 
in a couple of productions actually. Yep. You go to the auditions, you go to the callbacks, you do the dance call, you see it happen, you give them the list of who you, mm -hmm. and sometimes even, you give them the list of who you want, who you're like, yes, 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 and then they decide, the producers and the director decide, or cast decides, we actually, for whatever reason it may mm -hmm. be, are not gonna offer it to this person, we're gonna offer it to someone else, and a lot of times that happens. A lot of times oh, yeah. you give your list. You give your wish list, basically. Yes. You give your wish list. wish list. This is this is who I saw in all the callbacks. This is who I really like. This is what I think will look really great. You give your wish list, and you don't have the. And usually choreographers don't have the end of the say for like for musicals. Oh, usually yeah. you don't have the final say, right? Especially like depend unless it's like unless it's a specific principal role where their dance is a major right. part and of it. You won't. You, can, yes. you, exactly. you you'll get a, a stronger say. Or you'll you'll they'll give you a rough idea out of who they're pulling from because that's happened when I've done yes, Sweet, I've, Sweet yes. Charity. Like they were like, these are the four girls we're like Charity is one of these four girls, right. and I was like, all four of them can do everything that I'm thinking of, so you'll be fine. And they're right. like, great. Um, so it yeah, but we don't. I mean, that's a whole industry conversation, but like right, but they but you don't, and that's another you don't. You another just, episode. Yeah, like you, don't. And <laughs> you just so don't. You walk in and you're busy and you choreograph all your numbers, all the numbers in your head uh -huh. and in your living room. And if you're lucky enough, you pull some friends into a studio and hopefully get work on yep. some group numbers so that when you get there, and I've had this situation, especially in, in terms of summer stock, because it is such limited rehearsal yes. time. Um, because you usually only get like two weeks to put up the whole show, you really, really, really have to go in completely with everything set and then just fix minor things. Yep. The sucky part is when you've done your wish list and you're choreographing in, choreographing in terms of, I'm pretty sure that these people will at least be asked to be in the ensemble and you show up, like we said, and they're not there. And then you have to, you, you know, choreograph on the fly. Or, and also something as uh, words, in particular, when you're doing summer stock, I got my wish list one time, but I got more than my wish list mm -hmm. because I got mm -hmm. all the principals from the other six shows they were doing that summer had to be in the ensemble of my show. Right. So I had a whole bunch of bodies I was not accounting for. Right. When choreographing on a very tiny stage. So it was definitely... Again, on I had rough ideas, but I had to be like, oh yeah, there's now like six more couples on stage that like have to, we ha I, they can't it's just stand there. Yeah. They have something has to be done with them or interchange yeah. them like. And it just like you can even even if you know the exact number and you know what the stage looks like and you have di mm -hmm. dimensions, putting it down on paper and putting it in your head is so different than testing it out. And so even when you get the people who are like, oh, I'll pull my friends to try some stuff. That's why, like, if you're in the chance to have pre-pro or make up your own pre-production schedule, it is so important because you do have situations where shows have to go up in two weeks, three oh, weeks, yeah. you know, 10 days. And you really oh, got to yeah. go in knowing, okay, for the most part, like, this is going to work. Oh. Like, on whatever dancer ends up being in my cast, this is going to work. And or you have your options, mm, right? Yep. I do, I do that because I working on a show about a year ago and we like pre previews were that night and we still had like a list of notes we had to get through and it was like, we've got to fix this because we do not want an audience to see this. And so the director was like, fix this. And so it was like, cool. Option one, when I have time, option 
Two, when I have no time. And there's like, you have no time. We have to leave the actors alone by this time because they have to get ready to do the Mm -hmm. show. I was like, cool. Option two. I'm cutting all of this. You're going to step touch it and you're going to act your way through it. Yep. And then we have a rehearsal built in later. That's when we'll actually fix this before opening because we cannot like, no. And they were like, oh, okay, sure. But like, it was one of those things of like, it, time was crunch. So we like, we could not get fancy. It was like, we had to like literally slap a bandaid on it to get through that preview performance that night. You know, so it's one of those things of like, you, as a working choreographer, you kind of have to be ready for any and everything. Yeah. And pre-production helps tremendously because having done pre-pro on certain things has just allowed me to know what I'm getting myself into when I'm yeah. like fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, and I think, so I, I've been in a situation before where a lot of times if it's a, if it's a professional pre-production, that already means that you're working with or in communication with the director or the producers yes. or the musical director, right? So you are working on different choreography ideas with them or with stuff in mind that they've said. And I think that if you're in the position to make that happen, it's so important. Or like I said, if you have to create that position, if you have to go, hey, so I want to make sure when I walk in on day one, we are good to go. Mm -hmm. So can we we have a pre-production? I got some friends. They're going to come dance. Can you come watch it? Because I've been in the situation where I have had a director where I have talked through this is my idea. This is what I'm thinking of. Yep. This is what I want it to look like. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, that sounds great. That sounds great. We get to rehearsal. I set the number. We go on break. Danielle, I hate it. Okay, well, you told me when I explained mm-hmm. it to you and I I, I did, drew my little stick figures on my stage that you liked it and now you let me set the entire piece with the cast and you hate it. And that, and that has happened to me, like, it's happened to me a couple times. Sometimes, like, it's, it's a worse situation than others, yeah. you know? But it's, that is really, really hard and difficult. So if you're able to create a situation where you can test it on bodies with those other creative people in the room, it just alleviates or, or a video. lot of issues. I do a lot yes. of times. I'll do, I record every pre-pro that I'm ever a part of. Yes. And again, I have plenty of the videos that I actually, some of them I think I can release to the public soon. We'll find out. But like, even if they just sit on a private locked Google Drive, we do that so that you don't, so that people can see. Because I was going to say another part, excuse me, that I want to segue into with pre-production, especially for choreographers and for directors, as much as it's about us getting our shit together, pre-pro also matters for MDs and set designers Mm. and us working with them because I have definitely been in like about to go into rehearsals for stuff or have been in rehearsals and now complete set pieces and then shown up to first day of combined technical rehearsals and I literally one time they were literally like a giant flat is going to a flat is a piece of set a flat literally a flat piece of set is going to fly down in the middle of the stage during your number. And it's gonna split the stage in half. You're not gonna see behind it if they're doing floor work. Mm-hmm. And I said, you guys asked for a floor work piece. Yes, but it needs to be in front of the in front of the bridge because the flat was a bridge. And they were like, you need to put that all in front of that. I said, yeah, but you cut my stage from 40 feet down to 
19 because yep. the, the flat side on 20. I was like, so I have now 19 feet to have what I think I had 16 dancers on the floor. I was like, why did, why, what we had, like, why was this not something we discussed in a meeting? So that left, I mean, I was very, very angry, but then my stuff ended yeah. up on television. So I was like, okay, cool. But it's one of those things of like, I've had that happen to me. And then I've also, and that was, was a new, uh, new musical. But then I've also had where musicals that have already been in existence, where literally out of the blue, we're going with the 1997 version, or we're going with the 1952 version, or this version, we're, we're going, we're all using the same version of this musical, but we're cutting this 16 bars oh, yeah. because it's a trombone solo and we don't have a trombonist or right. we don't want to do it. So like you need that pre-pro sometime to, you need, even if it's not necessarily pre-pro, but a pre-production meeting prior yeah. to you creating work to be on the same page as your MD and your director. Yeah. Because, and set designer, because like I said, I always go to set designers. Are there any stairs, ramps, pulleys, drawbridges? Yeah. And they laugh. And I'm just like, tell, again, I'm not trying to hinder your creative process, but don't hinder mine by thinking I've got, like, I love it. They always go, because choreographers, we always want a flat stage where nothing right. crazy is happening. And we always want that. It's not going to happen in musicals. But... I go, what space do I have? Tell me if I have two platforms that are four by four, mm -hmm. I can work with that. And I can go into my pre-production setting choreo knowing what yep. I have. But if you tell, literally, I've been there, well, the whole back row has to be on a platform. You didn't tell yeah. me this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had the situation before of like, one of the set pieces was a bed and I knew that. And I was always told like, oh, it's going to live here on stage and it's a twin size bed. Great. Choreographed mm -hmm. a whole number. Show up for tech. It's a full. Mm, it's a full long. size bed. See, and it's a full size bed. And the dimensions of the stage were off. And now I'm like, okay, Ugh. so. That's clear space. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God. Yeah, no. And it's There's just so like, you know, using, stuff. Using, the, using the bed as a prop. Now I have to rethink how to use it differently. So I do think that like. If there is, I agree. If there is a way, or so also set pieces being on wheels and not being told that they're on wheels, because yeah. that that freaks out your dancers and your actors. No matter how hard you try, it always does. Yep. So I just I I agree with you. I think the best productions I have had or been a part of is when you sit down mm -hmm. and you bare minimum talk through with everyone where where they're at. And then I and that's I, before any talent or any performers yes, are involved. Yes, just I think knowing before, right before the audition, the pre-production work. Yes, and then I think that I agree. You, if you can't all get together in the same room, set designers, you're building stuff. Take pictures, send them out. MDs, you want to change some music stuff, send out recordings. Mm -hmm. Choreographers, video on some people or yourself and send it out because it literally like I have been in really amazing situations where the pre-production yep. meetings and that has all happened and the rehearsals run smoothly and everything's mm -hmm. great and Absolutely. I have been in the situations where nobody's communicating and it is just a disaster and then it trickles down into the cast and it's not The good. worst one I ever had is where no one had talked and so costume and set did not talk to each other so the costumes and the set were the same color. So people looked very blended in. Mm. So the lighting designer got more pressure to try to make a distinguished difference because both set and costume didn't want to exceed their budget by rebuying and all the other stuff. Right. And 
so they are frustrated and angry. The director's trying to deal with this, putting too much pressure on lighting. And Set also did not tell me that there were like this set of grand stairs that rise out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but like, when is this going to happen? I need to clear the floor for that to happen because it was a big, huge dance number. So like it became, I needed time to mm -hmm. restage something mm -hmm. completely because I didn't know about it until the last minute. I needed to restage. Costume and set were debating on whether is there is it more convenient for us to buy buy so build new costumes or a paint set you know whole set pieces and backdrops like it literally we ended up in more production meetings after the fact because we did not have them we did not have accurate ones prior to starting the production and I think I think the biggest thing like we talked about so like obviously we wanted to talk about this and bring it to light because it is a lot of work you have to do oh and yeah people and people don't realize that. All of this work that happens before the actors and the oh, dancers yeah. and everyone oh, get yeah. into the room, even get to the audition sometimes, all of this stuff happens. And then to also remind people, like, and remind ourselves, like, stick up and, like, have the meetings and have oh, yeah. the sessions. Or, and, like, well, twofold. I will say that, like, I've definitely been that person where it was, like, um, there was a trapdoor trick that, like, this was a, this was a straight play. That I was like, um, I was brought in as like choreographer, but like right, movement right, right. person. Where literally at the audition, my only job was, and it's so funny, I didn't think they were going to bring me in for the audition. Uh, but I was like, literally the audition, like my only job was to make sure that they didn't, that they cast a slender woman to be like the thief part in the play. Because she had to sit in a trap for like three mm -hmm. minutes. And it was not, they were like for it, for it to look, to for the trick to work. It can only be like a two by two right. column. Right, it had to be a very small. So it person. had to be a person that could fit inside of a two by two column. Right. So every time they'd be like, "Oh, her scene is really good. She can't fit the dimensions." Like that's I literally that's all I did for like six hours. Yeah. She can't fit the dimensions. Ah, uh, she can. Let's measure her. And it was like just because that we knew that we wanted that for the show. So like that was it. We just me reminding them for that. But it's something, especially the more I work professionally here in the city, I've started to say probably within the last six months working. Because I've, I've done a lot of television lately as well, which has been kind of cool, is that like you're going to pay, be it time or money, mm -hmm. you're, or, or stress, you're going to pay. Whether you do it in the beginning or in the end, mm -hmm. it's up to you. Mm -hmm. If you do it in the beginning, there is typically a lot less stress because there's time. Mm -hmm. There is time. And granted, it can be expensive to pay everyone to come in for an extra meeting or pay everyone to come in to do production pre-production work like it can be that i get that that can be expensive but, and it can be consuming however if you don't you're going to end up having to pay for those same man hours yeah. later and it's going to be more stressful un mm -hmm. on undoing stuff because let's talk about like i said as choreographers we i've literally had to be that person where it's like we're deleting this whole dance for, we're scrapping yeah. all of it and the entire cast is like, that changes costumes. That changes my acting moment. What I'm seeing, yeah. like all the stuff, it becomes that whole tidal wave. And it's just because we didn't, the creative team did not take the time in the beginning to pay out, yeah. pay that time, pay that money to get together and figure it out. And it, it's definitely something that I will now always oh, yeah. advocate for when to. I work on productions or even even when I'm teaching and I, you know, I work oh, in a school yeah. and I do... And I do um, shows because I remember like a year and a half ago, I, I did one of my end of year shows and it was great. Like it was so good. Like I had props, I had costumes, I had a backdrop. 
it it was a great show and it's because i i really made the time to be like mm-hmm. this is my idea i want to sit down i want to talk through it i want to talk about like what i need for props what yep. i need for costumes what's my budget you know because mm-hmm. we've talked about this it was a one-man show it's gonna be me doing all this stuff me doing everything yep so but i had to have yep. the meeting versus this past year i had my end of year show and you know I didn't, I didn't sit down and have the meeting and I didn't talk through costumes or music or props or what it was going to look like. And it still went, you know, it still went well, but in terms of it being a full production, I felt like it, it didn't live up to the prior year Mm -hmm. and reflecting. I think a lot of that was on me, especially being the only one doing it. It, a lot of it was on me to not say, hi, you know, director, manager, you know, business operations person, mm-hmm. all the people I need to make the production happen. We need to sit down. We need now. to sit down and have a meeting. And I really learned that it does affect any sort of production that you do. Oh, yeah. It really does like not make or break it, but it can go from like, this is good or this is great or, to like, this is fabulous. I say you're going to pay because I've also made that mistake. We're getting very busy at multiple schools where I, and I'm typically that person. The first thing I do before even again, pre-production before kids show up for any performers, I need to have this meeting now. I need to end this meet, And I'll tell them, in this meeting, this is what I'm asking for. You need to have mm-hmm. answers to these questions. And typically, it can be as simple as budget and date of my yep. show. And in the school setting, that's very hard for them to do a lot of the times. Be like, mm-hmm. we don't quite know your budget. Or they'll be like, we don't know what date. It'll roughly be around that. And I go, no. I get very, very busy. And literally, this last year, it caught me. I had five, five or six shows in the same week that I opened to off-Broadway shows. So that means we're in previews. It was, it was, I was not sleeping. Right. <laughs> but some of those schools I did my work, some of my schools I didn't. And it, I paid. Again, I was the one that was paying for it by right. losing sleep because I was scur- literally getting out of rehearsal and instead of having a two-hour break in the middle of the day where I can eat, be sane, go to the gym, whatever, I was running to go pick up costumes before I had to head into the next theater. Yeah. And that was my own fault because I didn't go three months ahead of time being like these are things i know i'm going to need yep. let's order them now oh, I, so i can yeah. get the sizes that i want the colors that i want and if it's wrong i can do i can do that whole mailing back and forth bs that we have to go through with costumes and it's two months before right. i ever to put a costume on a person and it really it really does you know whether you're working with the team or not like it makes yeah because you end up even if you're working solo like yeah, my stress level was so different yep. because I didn't just think to have that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that it's not just about working with a team and working on a musical, but it's also about when I'm doing my solo, you know, like showcases, that pre-production with the people that control the money, mm-hmm. control the rentals, all of that stuff, have the final say on if it's appropriate. All of that stuff or, or still you, needs to happen. When you said about rentals, I've had that happen before too. Like if you go to them and are like, Hey, I need a fog machine. And they're like, we have one. Is it working? Is it, you know, like just you asking can't those wait questions. You the last minute. Forces people to go, because, or like, and it just allows me to be like, because this school, I worked, I was mm-hmm. coming in and doing their concert with their dance concert. And I was like, I need a fog machine. I was like, yeah, we have a fog machine. I was like, is it working? When was the last time we saw it? Has anyone cleaned it? Like, what does it look like? We don't know. We pulled it out and the, um, the container that's a part of it that holds the actual liquid mm-hmm. was dry. Someone left something in it. It was in a really bad space stored in the summer. So the the uh, like milk jug container looking thing had dried out and cracked. Yeah. So had you put anything in it, it would have leaked into the machine part yeah. of it. So literally, and that's just because after the meeting, 
uh, the tech, the uh, the TD was like, I don't know, like we have one, we didn't use it and in two years. And that's the thing is like, unless you have those meetings, a lot of times people will guess you because maybe they do have. They it, do, they did, it has and, happened and two before. years ago it was working right. and fine. But you haven't checked on it, and now you don't know. We literally like, pulled it out of the closet; I, it was broken, and they ordered a new one, perfectly yeah. fine. Their container, and it was like fine. But like, had we gotten to Tech Week? And I'm thinking we have a fog machine. Like, I will say we ordered one, but we it took longer than we thought for it to get to us. Mm -hmm. So we would have been, I would have been in the middle of tech week thinking maybe we need to cut this thing that they've already paid for that's going to come up late. Right, right. And then that's a whole other issue. Oh, so yep, 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 yep. It's definitely like so important. And then we were talking about this before. Another point um, we want to bring up is, and this is very helpful. This is this is a reason why pre-production can be very helpful. We've talked about trying out the moves. Does it look good? Does it work? Whatever. Yep. But it's also the like the when you're not comfortable with something, saying something right away, just speaking up. Because a lot of times if you're in a situation to do pre-production and you're working on choreography, so it's not just the meeting, but it's the actual like work part, you're probably not gonna get the people that are in the show. Oh. Probably yeah, no, not, no. right? How, I know I'm not however, <laughs> this coming one I'm doing. The 99 or 95% of the time, whatever you are setting, if you have to ask the, are you comfortable with this question? 95% of the time, whatever your pre-production dancer says is probably speaking for the masses. Yes. So if you are working on a number where there's going to be a lot of touching or weird lifts, um, or anything for that matter, where it's, you know, not like the, the subject matter, right? Mm -hmm. If you have the, the chance to do pre-production, even if it's not your dancer and you go, would you be comfortable with this? If they say no, it is in your best interest to just rework it then instead of being like, well, maybe my dancer will be comfortable with it. Or having a plan A or B. I, I what I see yes. in these situations is that like, ha in the moment when, when, I asked the question, are you comfortable with this? I need a honest yes or no in that moment because I have a plan A and plan B. Yeah. And because then if the person says no, you can go, great, I'm going to mark, I'm going to work with you on my plan B. Mm -hmm. And then you could use someone else who's maybe comfortable or you have it in your and head. And I do that. With, yes. Who's yep. comfortable with plan A. So then you could even bring, you show up to rehearsal, you have, you have your two videos you show them to the dancer, comfortable, not comfortable, or you just you just explain it, comfortable, not comfortable, not comfortable, great, already got it planned and prepped and ready to and go. Comfortable, great, got it already planned and prepped and ready to go. And you don't have to be in the position, which I've done before, where I set a piece, I ask, there's subject matter in it. I ask, is this okay? Do you feel comfortable about this? How are you dealing with it? It was a solo. Yep, 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 everything's great. Week, week later, I show up to rehearsal. Oh, Danielle, they are not comfortable. Oh, okay. So in the 15 minute break, you gave everyone else and I'm supposed to be setting yep. this solo during technique. We have to redo, we yeah. have to rework the entire solo mm -hmm. that is six minutes long because you One didn't tell me. didn't speak up for themselves in that you were, Right. And part of it is, did I have a plan B prepped and ready to go? No. But if you would have told me at least in the rehearsal, I would have changed it before then. But that's why also, and again, part of that's on me. I should have had a plan B ready to go, but that's why it is so important. You still wouldn't have known to use it though. Right. It's so important to speak up right away because if you're, you, the choreographer's job should be to have a plan A and plan B for situations yes. where something might not be comfortable. 
the actor dancer's job is to speak up so that you can immediately jump into the next part and not have to deal with trying to rush yes. to fix a situation. Because if, like, I get I'm a specific situation where I'm thinking of where it's a lift where the guy is standing, like, firm, and the girl runs and jumps, and essentially she puts she places her crotch in his face, and she wraps her legs around his neck, and then she lays down. So she's like, it's like, ba-ba, like, mm-hmm. you just see it as a jump, and then she full, unfolds, yes. and you see her full body. Two of the dancers were gonna, the choreographer wanted to do this move. She explained it to them, showed a video that she'd done from a previous show where she'd done it. And they were like, I don't know how I feel. Like they were going along and she was like, cool, I'm cutting it, don't worry. And they were like, well, we feel bad. Like they were going through so many different kinds of emotions. And then me and another friend, we had worked with, me and Aaliyah had worked with this choreographer numerous times me and leah also have been dance partners on like three or four shows together ourselves so we're very like i've held this woman's child mm-hmm. we are very comfortable with each other so we know that lift does not bother us at all so we walked into the rehearsal she's like hey y'all doing the crotch lift i was like okay is she like cool how much time we're like how much time do we have is it a straight dead man's lift yeah. she's like no she's made a run and jump we're like great cool we did it two seconds flat we're perfectly fine and the other group of dancers that were like oh you guys are just so comfortable. We're like, it's not a big deal that it went from you guys to us. She was prepared for that. Mm-hmm. While you're going through a billion emotions, we already she's already to set the next set piece. I was like, done. we've done this lift to her before, so we're already to set. Um, we're already to set everything. So like, I think it's just not. It's not a big deal if you don't make it a big deal, but you have to be able to speak up for yourself mm-hmm. in that moment. Well, that being said. We, instead of segueing into our normal, I love dance, but, or I'm sorry, what? We want to talk about a new section or a new type of episodes that we have coming up to kind of help filler out throughout the year as me and Danielle's schedules get exceedingly crazy and busy. We want to start doing dance reviews for you guys. Mm-hmm. And well, not just any dance reviews. We want to do some dance movie reviews. Oh, yes. Which are some of the best and the worst. Oh. Things out there and so fun and funny and... Well, because we have long since talked about we needed to do a review of like dance television shows Mm -hmm. and we haven't. But we were also thinking like there are tons of... There are constantly dance movies coming out of like high-end budgets and low-end budgets. Mm -hmm. And some of the low-end budgets have great dancing. And then some of the high-end budgets, it's just... I don't know where they found those dancers. So I think... We think it would just be interesting to share our review as as actual dancers and choreographers watching these movies and and or not watching these movies yes with and you guys. to keep keep everyone entertained and as we move into what i i'm going to assume is going to be a lot of people's busy season with oh, yeah. school starting back studios starting back programs starting back Gearing up for, honestly, already, everyone knows this, gearing up for holiday, pre-production for holiday shows. Pre-production for holiday season, like that starts like a few weeks. Um, Yeah, so tune in. We're going to have some like really fun episodes where we just review all the movies from Center Stage and Save the Last Dance. Oh, yeah. And we're going to throw in a few of the TV shows too. Everything, yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. um, And we're excited to... And we're very excited for it. Chat. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode. But we would like to... But we hope that you will join us next week. (laughs) And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing and that's all thanks to you. 
Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Neil Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance.